Hello, and thank you for listening to the Wolf Sports Show. It's Super Bowl week, Super Bowl 57, between the Chiefs and the Eagles on Sunday. Final episode of the season. It'll probably be a quick one. As always, you can find plenty of coverage on wolfsports.com, including the game pick, which will be out tomorrow. And also, I'll give my pick towards the end of this show. Before we get to Super Bowl 57, just a few more big news items from around the NFL. And then we'll hit on briefly on the Niners and the Bengals, who both lost in their conference championship games a couple of Sundays ago. But first, the massive story came as a bit of a surprise to me. Just over a week ago on February 1st, Tom Brady announced his retirement from the NFL. Of course, his second retirement. He also retired February 1st last year before coming back to play one more season for the Bucks. He posted a heartfelt message quickly on social media, and that was it. After 23 seasons, he's now done. Seven Super Bowl wins, 10 appearances. The leader at just about every statistical category, both regular and postseason for quarterbacks. As others have said, including Peyton Manning, who wrote Brady a handwritten letter last year, not going to be a huge tribute to Brady this time. I mean, last year I did a full episode um, just on Brady's retirement before he played the one more season. But a major hat tip to Brady for entertaining us all for over two decades, doing it super consistently with class. And I consider him the greatest athlete in history, not just for football. And we are certainly very fortunate to have been able to watch him all these years. And he's now a living legend and will, I'm sure, be around still in retirement. He has the huge deal with Fox, 10-year deal. Expected to start in 2024, where he'll be in the booth with Fox's number one team. So again, not a huge lengthy tribute here. Again, a living legend. Accomplishments are well documented. I'll just say he got just about everything he could out of himself. Worked harder than anyone. And set a great example for just about everyone out there. What comes as a surprise to me, that he is retiring, because I still think he can play as well as anyone in the league still. He got to 45 years old to play, which had been a goal for a while. And now he's going to step off the field and I'm sure enjoy and have success in whatever he does next, including the Fox deal. And I encourage you to listen to his final Let's Go podcast of the season where Bill Belichick was a guest. They had a great moment, um, Brady got choked up a little bit, then Peyton Manning joined, and then Brady's parents both were at the end of the show. So I recommend listening to that. And again, just a thank you to Brady for entertaining us over the years and allowing us to watch one of the great athletes of all time. Now briefly on to three of the head coaching hires for this year. Broncos got Sean Payton. The process, as I said a couple of weeks ago, for all the teams, it was a long one, but Denver ultimately got Peyton. And as I've said before, they're probably hoping for an 80 Reed type of run after Reed left the Eagles had a ton of success in Philadelphia. He picked right up and built the chiefs into one of the powerhouses in football. The Texans got D'Amico Rhines. Apparently the Broncos wanted him if you believe reports, but Houston was able to land him. He played for the Texans. That's where he started his career. Was an excellent player there before joining the Eagles and 
earning a Mufasa nickname. And obviously, Rhines is considered a great leader, and I think will do a great job with the Texans, and they just need to have patience with them and allow them to build up the roster. And then we had talked about Frank Reich previously being hired by the Panthers. And so now just the Colts and the Cardinals are open, and they're both expected to wait until after the Super Bowl. I think Eagles offense coordinator Shane Steichen might have a good shot at one of those jobs, but we'll see how that plays out. Likely at some point next week, I would think both being announced the hirings. Now, quickly on the Niners and the Bengals. San Francisco, not much can be said here. We know how talented the team was. They were red hot on a lengthy winning streak, and then they didn't have much of a shot when Brock Purdy, then especially Josh Johnson as well, both being knocked out of the game last week at quarterback, leaving them unable to have much of any shot. And I just can't imagine how frustrating that was for Kyle Shanahan and everyone for a 10 like that. I felt like it could have been a blowout either way, maybe. Playing at Lincoln Financial Field, which has been really difficult to win at in the postseason. But still, there was some shaky officiating. And then the quarterback situation. Can't imagine how frustrated the Niners were with that. So look for a quarterback competition between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, unless Lance is dealt. This summer, Purdy's getting elbow surgery, but he's expected to be ready to go for the start of training camp. And Jimmy Garoppolo will be certainly a quarterback to watch. He'll be a free agent, so he'll be able to sign with whoever. I'll be shocked if he doesn't get a starting job. Maybe the Raiders, if they don't land Aaron Rodgers. And the Rodgers situation is another watch. He's on a darkness retreat. Right now, he said he told Pat McAfee, that's interesting, and when he emerges from that, we'll see what he thinks. Seems like he believes that the Packers kind of want to go in another direction. So we'll see how that plays out this offseason as well. And now to the Bengals. I mentioned the officiating for the Niners not being great. I think it was even worse in the Cincinnati game. If you're listening to this, you've obviously watched the AFC title game at Kansas City. Went down to the wire. A couple of calls here and there might have been different. But they had a shot at the end on offense with the ball and didn't get it done. And give the Chiefs credit for getting in the field goal range and getting back to the Super Bowl. And the Bengals, they're really good team. They're going to be squarely in the mix again with Joe Burrow and everyone. Especially if they could keep defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo, who I've talked about his lack of head coaching interest. I don't understand why he won't at least get an interview. Maybe he is just a great coordinator and wouldn't make an excellent head coach. But the Cardinals, I would think he has a shot at that job. And that'd be a big loss for the Bengals if he does leave. All right, now to Super Bowl 57. Chiefs against the Eagles in Arizona. Two of the top fan bases in the league. I think clearly, as they've shown in the postseason, the two top teams in the league all year. The two number one seeds. Pretty amazing stats. Both 16-3, and three, both the top seed in the conference. Both the same number of points scored. Both have six All-Pros, and then both have a Kelsey brother. Should be evenly matched. The thought is from a lot of people that the Eagles have the better roster, which I agree with. But I guess the wild card is the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, who can just go off in any given game if he gets hot. He's tough to stop, no matter how good the defense is. Mahomes seems to be closer to 100% after playing through the high ankle injury in the AFC Championship game. And on the other side, we'll see if Jalen Hurts 
is closer to himself after he was a little bit off in the NFC Championship. I think due to the shoulder issue, maybe. But he, they both had the extra week, and hopefully they're both at close to 100% for this point in the year. I'm interested to see if the crowd plays any role. It's been five years since Philadelphia's been in the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, the Chiefs are in their third and fourth seasons. The Eagles are expected to be more heavily represented in Arizona. That might not have any impact, but something to note maybe. Overall, I think the game plan for the Chiefs defense, led by Steve Spagnuolo, will be to just blitz Jalen Hurts a ton, try to get the ball out of his hands, and not have him feel comfortable, put him under a lot of pressure. But the Eagles have a elite offensive line, both in run blocking and pass blocking. They can basically run on anyone. Jalen Hurts has been pinpoint with his passes all year, including the deep ball. He has A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on the outside, Dallas Goddard at tight end, and Hurts himself is going to keep drives going with his legs if necessary. The quarterback sneak for the Eagles has been virtually unstoppable all year. And ultimately, I think the offensive line will be up to the task, even facing an aggressive defense. And on the other side, keep in mind, these are the two teams with the most sacks this season, but the Eagles led by a healthy margin. I think the Eagles defense, while the Chiefs have a good offensive line, I think they can get a lot of pressure on Mahomes. But you know, Andy Reid and Mahomes, they know how good the pass rush is. They're going to have a plan to get the ball out of his hands quickly to his playmakers, including Travis Kelsey, of course. And then a deep receiving group, including Kadarius Tony, being someone to keep an eye on the trade deadline acquisition. The Eagles might use James Bradbury or maybe a little Darius Slay also, but Bradbury might match up better on Kelsey and man coverage. That would be an intriguing matchup. The Chiefs are going to want to run with Isaiah Pacheco to help stay in favorable third down situations, but the Eagles have been really strong against the run since about midseason after that loss to Washington where they really tightened up after adding Ndamukong Sue and Linval Joseph. And we'll see if Jordan Davis plays a lot with another week to rest. The high ankle probably lingering a little bit, even since his return. Brandon Graham had the almost game-sealing play in the Super Bowl win against the Patriots a handful of seasons ago. They might need a play like that on defense. And they still have Graham, who had a great bounce-back campaign. But Hassan Reddick might be the wild card, the guy to watch, who's been a tear off the edge. And I still I don't understand why teams didn't go after him earlier in free agency. Like in previous years, like he signed, I think he signed the one year deal with the Panthers last offseason or two off seasons ago. And then the Eagles were able to get him for a long term deal this offseason. And he's been a major force. And he might be the X factor. I know he's a known player and everything. Might not seem a typical X factor, but if he can hound Mahomes all evening and make it difficult on him and the Chiefs offense, who again, I think are going to want to get rid of the ball to prevent guys like Reddick wrecking the game, it could be a difference for the Eagles to have him off the edge while on the other side, the main guy to neutralize in terms of the pass rush will be Chris Jones. But again, the Eagles, I think, have the best offensive line in the league, and it might be the difference in the game to have better protection for Hurts if it plays out that way. In the end, I think as long as Mahomes doesn't 
totally go off and just get completely dialed in where he's unstoppable, which can certainly happen against any defense. I think the Eagles defense can have a similar formula to what the Bucks did a couple of years ago when they dominated against the Chiefs in the big game. Tampa defensive coordinator at the time, now head coach Todd Bowles, he's highly aggressive coordinator, loves to blitz. He was able to dial that back, instead played more covers than he normally would like to, and just sent four pass rushers. And that's, I think, definitely going to be the plan for the Eagles to have their guys just hopefully get home, play coverage. And that's the best way to beat a great quarterback. I think the way the Chiefs offense is constructed might help avoid sort of a blowout where Mahomes can just give her the ball, distribute to all his guys. That said, I wouldn't be shocked if this is like a game that's not within one possession in favor of the Eagles. If the defense can indeed get home with four guys with one of the best pass rushes really in NFL history statistically in terms of the sack numbers. It also, of course, wouldn't be surprising if the Chiefs just are here for the moment, have more big game experience, and put on a show and win somewhat comfortably themselves. That said, my pick is the Eagles. I think they can get the pressure, and I think they make it three straight Super Bowls for the NFC in an era where the AFC looks like the juggernaut conference with the Chiefs, Bengals, Bills. I think the Eagles get the win, make it three straight Super Bowls for the NFC, which will be somewhat surprising when looking at both conferences and the NFC being seen as the weaker over the past few years. And I think both A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are going to be huge. Of course, I don't know how the Titans traded Brown during the draft last year. just seemed like a crazy move over a contract. And Smith was clearly one of the top players in the draft a couple of years ago. And it was surprising he went where he did to the Eagles when he could have went higher. So we'll leave it there. That'll do it for this season of the Wolf Sports Show. Thank you all for listening all year. Enjoy the game this week. Enjoy the offseason. Thank you again, and everyone take care.